0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. My name is James. I have Jonathan and Mason here with me. What's up? What's up? Me. Today, we are going to be focusing on the falling away of the church and many other aspects of that, certain things like false healings, false teachings, false prophets, and really just an array. And today's going to be quite a different episode. It's more free-flowing and open. So just sit back, relax, grab your Bible, and let's 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 get on with the show. Jonathan, take it away. All right, well. First of all, I want to talk about the great falling away because uh, right now,
1: globally, uh, if you're watching the statistics, ch- churches are shrinking, and that's no surprise. Uh, you know, the push for everything uh, worldly is very strong, and everything godly is being shoved down under the rug. And um, but the great falling away spoken of here in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses one through three. Now we beseech you, brethren. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the gathering together unto Him, that ye uh, ye be not soon shaken in mind, or troubled, neither in spirit, nor by word, nor by letter from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be, except there come a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So. There's going to be this falling away. And this isn't just falling away in terms of individuals. Yes, it's speaking of that, but it's also speaking of the falling away that the churches are doing right now. Church's job is to stick biblically to what God um, has written uh, in the word. And if they fall away from that, then all the sheep are misled at that point. If the shepherd walks you over the cliff, that's where you're going, and that's what Many churches are doing today.
0: Yeah, the blind man leadeth the other blind man into the ditch. Yeah, yeah, the blind lead
1: the blind; they both fall into the ditch. Um, So um, you have to be careful as a person today, probably more than ever before, with the churches that you walk into. I mean, just just flat out, just because someone looks holy or they got a robe on, or maybe not, maybe they're in a suit or whatever, and you feel like, well, this person you know, um, you know, knows is of a higher standard, of a higher standard. They're not, uh, they're at the same level that you are, believe it or not. They're, they they suffer the same temptations and they suffer the same sins that you do. Um, but they're supposed to be a teacher of the word of God. So what they say needs to be biblically founded. And if you don't know your Bible, how are you supposed to check that? Um, the reality is you won't, and you'll be misled because you're unled, unread. Right. And that that's, you know, we've got other teachings on that, but, at the end of the day, you need to know your word. So um, otherwise you're literally putting your 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 future, your eternity for your soul. You're literally putting that in the hands of a fallible person, and, and that's a mistake by any means. So now what we have is, is churches that are are falling away from the true teachings of the scripture and and some of it's out of fear, right? Out of fear because the church is shrinking and they're 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 literally clamoring and trying to figure out how to stop the loss. How do we get people back into the church? How do we, unfortunately, how do we keep those offering plates full? What do we need to say differently? And and churches are changing the biblical stance to a worldly stance in order to hope that they can keep more people in the pews because they're hearing what they want to hear, uh, making them feel good about where they're at in life and sin, like they don't really need to change too much. Uh, go ahead about your day and they're, they're no longer preaching about the sins that truly will keep you from the kingdom of heaven. They, they, they really aren't preaching repentance anymore. They aren't teaching you the seriousness of divorce and adultery. They're not. It's being let go. And these are sins the Bible specifically talks about. If you continue to live in them, these will withhold you from the kingdom of heaven. So when you abandon the biblical teaching of the Bible, you're not godly anymore. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what is being said. At this point, that church's job is to be the shepherd of the people, the flock that's in there. And that means they need to continually warn you about the wolves that are around and ready to shred you apart. They need to continually show you and warn you scripturally why. Here's what God says, and this is why. And it's good things that they should be preaching. But again, people don't like to be told they have sin to deal with. So the churches are starting to just leave that be, and it's turning into a rock concert, fog machines, you name it. It's about a bunch of stuff that's not godly, it's not biblical, and it's certainly, um, I think from a holiness standpoint, many times it's just, it's more of a circus than it is to learn. And what I find is that people today... And I actually, I heard this the other day uh, on the radio, too. You know, they're asking, what does a church need to change? Because the churches are shrinking. What do they need to change? And, and at first, I was insulted by that statement. I'm like, what do you mean the church needs to change? Church doesn't need to People change. People need to change. But, but I, I stopped myself. I said, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, if we're talking about churches that are fully biblical, teaching the hard lessons, right, really getting into depth on creation, everything, start to finish, giving you that wholesomeness that you need from your word, they don't need to change anything. Okay, nothing. Nothing. They should never change from that. I don't care if the, if the room shrinks. It's just prophecy. It says this will happen. So, so <laughs> what? Stick to the word. That's your job. That's your job. But if we're talking about the churches today who have gone on the health, wealth, and prosperity bandwagon who continually teach these superficial messages that really are not necessarily pointless, they're Bible messages, but they're so, they're so around the outskirts of nothingness that literally people are tired of going to church because they're not getting fed spiritually, really. They, they could literally guess the message before they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can. I can. I guarantee you. I can later. Let's see. We're going to hear about this today. We're going to hear about this today or that. That's it. Done. Guarantee you it's going to be one of those. And it's always going to be about this story about, you know, you need to do this and that. They're not giving you... The hardcore pieces, the, the science, the creation, you know, spiritual warfare. They're not, they're not digging into the hard stuff. They think that's too much for people today. And actually some of the callers, cause they were talking about, it's a lot of the young people that are abandoning church and the callers are calling in these, you know, millennials and different things. And they're just like, we're, we're just tired of not getting a real message. It's just like some generic stuff, but it's, we need to, they, they need to know the why, you know, and the how. Remember as as the average person, they've been fed evolution their whole life. Now they might have been in church too. Two conflicting things, right? Evolution is mm-hmm. a religion and and Christianity is well, it's the only thing. I don't even it's like to not call a it a religion. religion. It's, no. It's Christianity. It is, it's Christianity. But so they've they've got these two conflicting uh, foundations that are trying to be built in their life. They've got two corner blocks trying to fight. You can't fit evolution into Christianity it doesn't go there okay so that there, there's that struggle so then to, because they're not getting the knowledge they go in there and they're just like oh basically you know I'll be good and love each other and, blah, blah, blah. and they're going yeah I heard this a thousand times what else can you give me can you give me something that makes me go
2: Wow right Wow
0: how do, my how, Bible is so yeah. real how do I, how do I grow my relationship? Don't tell me how to be a good person yeah, right because
2: yeah. the thing is that we're in the age of information right now and a lot of people have a lot of questions about certain things that are popping up in the world. They don't need to hear some philosophical uh, speech that they get that they that they go to church for because to be completely honest the way social media is, there's nothing a pastor can say on stage that they haven't seen some Instagram model post. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: everyone's got <laughs> you know? their clever little statements um, and whatever else. But if 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 the young people have most people today if they cannot learn in church what they need to stand up to stand up to evolutionists or atheists or anyone else who has in-depth questions about Christianity, if they cannot stand there beyond the shout out they literally won't go to church. They, they're done because, well, what's the point of going? I can't learn enough anyways. And yes, we can put it back on the person and say, well, you know, church isn't the be all and all. You should be studying on your own, but let's just be real. You know, churches need to really decide what their purpose is. And, you know, I think you look back in biblical time, church was not a hangout. Church was not a party. Church was a place to learn it was holy, it was reverent, and, and there was worship there, yes. But it was a place where where men went to learn. They needed to know the depths of the Word of God. Now, churches today are not providing that. As a whole, they are not providing that, not even close. It's terrible to know that, you know, for me, when I look at the time I've spent in ministry, which is small compared to those who've been at their whole life, and I'll tell you what, I'm, I'd be glad to sit down Bible to Bible. I'll smoke them on it because they're not studying. <laughs> they're not studying. They're really not. They're, they're so focused on, well, I need to be able to give my 52 messages a year. You know, my 52 Sundays. I got to be ready. You know what I mean? And and I'll buy my, my my little things online or whatever I need, a little, you know, teachings and stuff, and I'll tweak it along the way. And this is just regurgitated crap. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, not, not to be blasting against, you know, Bible teachings from others. But I mean, at the end of the day, that, everyone's heard it. It's a thousand times over. I mean, I can tell you all the stories of the Bible, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. But what I find is, is people are thirsty for the depths of the truth. Like when we talk about things like the mark of the beast and technology and what's going on, or we talk about the truth of the flood and all this stuff in, in the giants of the Bible and you're getting in there and they're going, why did why not I learn this before? Because no one else is trying to study and, and, and everyone,
2: teach you. And it's weird because they're afraid to, preach those messages because it all of a sudden it alienates them from the world, which is the underlying message of the Bible. You will be separated walk. Yeah. Yeah. Separated walk. You will be alienated for teaching the truth. And the thing is that the, the the stuff that the Bible talks about, it's actually very easy to show the evidence of it. If you just do some basic research, like again, like I, you know, I've done hundreds of hours of, of research on, you know, the old Testament on, you know, giants, the flood and creation, science, creation, evidence and all things like that. And you don't even have to go that far. To figure out that uh, wow, uh, what the world is teaching is complete baloney (laughs) and it's nonsense. Um, And that's
1: what I think churches today, like right now, you know, I I have been feeling this this push from the Lord lately, and and you know, we've talked about it about developing a Bible boot camp, and. You know this podcast is amazing. It's great, and we're going to continue to utilize this platform so that on a weekly basis, there you guys got good information coming to your to your ears uh, each and every day. But on top of that, you know, you need to, to be able to fit that bill of giving the people the education, and you need to make it easy for them to 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 attain uh, and to learn from. And and not to mention, it takes good teachers to teach that in a way that they will grasp it, they'll understand it, and then they'll want to replicate it. Mm-hmm. They'll get excited. So in the times where those who have come to our Bible studies and have been up close, they leave freaking charged, amped, and I was just about to say that,
0: that I know some people may say it's hard to, to view that if we're talking about these really deep and very, very uh, looked down upon ideas that the ministry focuses on, when we, we see it firsthand that when we leave places after giving a lesson or after having a Bible study, people like Jonathan said are charged. We've had plenty of people that came to Christ or said that they are now ready to start reading and their start. I mean, I was in tears with the lady one time Yep, and it's because she just realized how real the Bible was it, and how she, this is what she needs. It was and amazing. We'll never understand it until they're there.
1: No, I, we, you, her eyes were opened like it had never happened. Before. And I remember
0: we were giving out Bibles that day. Yeah. And when we said we're giving out a Bible, her eyes locked with my eyes from a freaking cross the gym. (laughs) She's like, give me a And it was like, I don't have one and I need one right now. And you'd only been talking for like five minutes. Right. Right. And I think she, everybody should, they realize like, oh crap, like this is, this is some, this may be real.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that's, that's the, that's what I get time and time again. Now, what's funny is, is I have witnessed and experienced pastors afraid of the truth of the Bible. Now, you might think that's weird. You might go, Jonathan, what are you talking about? I'm telling you right now, ask yourself, how much has your pastor, if you're going to church, has taught you about the mark of the beast, what it means, when it's coming, where it's at, what we need to look for. Not even that, and I guarantee you, probably never.
0: But like even and, a lesser form of that, like just telling you about it. Don't doesn't need to fill us, fill, you know, you know, trying to figure know, out when it's coming. Just tell you about it. Yeah, and you won't
1: hear about it. why because I'm going to tell you why. Revelation is very hard for people to understand. Uh, it's confusing, but that is my calling, so I'll be glad to relay that information. Um, same thing with creation and the science behind it. Most pastors are not science teachers they don't understand science so they can't even use science against itself but a person who knows science and is a christ follower and a christian and knows the bible and creation can literally use science against itself to shut the evolution stuff down like literally shut it down shut it off make them walk away like with their tail between their legs but to basically give you that foundation block and make you realize that This world is not billions of years old, and it was created in the the six days. And, you know, uh, that when God spoke these things, they came into existence. There was no millions of years, et cetera. But if you don't know the science, it's hard to relay that. So I think as pastors, what you don't know, you better get specialists in your church Mm, so that they do know. And and that's where, you know, people like us here at Affinity Christian Ministries, we can be a, a weapon in your tool belt. For churches, like literally, don't fear and don't eliminate, don't omit what you don't understand,
2: find a professional to come teach it. Right. Right. And and that that actually brings me to a point too, is that for your Christian walk, some of us have certain specialties. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, mine is definitely on, you know, creation versus evolution, giants, polytheistic pantheons, you know, stuff like that. But I also know where my limits are. Whereas when we get into end times prophecy, that's my... That's all you, Jonathan. Yeah, that's and all I did. would say the
0: same exact thing because my specialty isn't either of those. I don't even know what my specialty I, is, but I love talking to you about those questions. Like you come to me with that question where you think you know, you think you got me backed in a corner. Like your God doesn't do this. And it's like, oh yeah, boy, <laughs> let me get my Bible out and I'll prove you wrong. Because guess what? I've asked every single one of those questions and I've proved myself wrong every single time. Right. So we all have our strengths, and you you yeah. hit it to a T there, Mason. We I would,
2: do. I would say for you, James, you definitely have the uh, the philosophy that is in the Bible, the godly f- philosophy. That's not this crazy man made philosophy that we've been hearing in a lot of churches today. But you have that down to a pretty good a pretty good point. Better than I can than I can explain it on certain aspects. And and it's and and that's just it. You know, is James takes it seriously? He reads his Bible, and.
1: It's funny because, you know, how many times have any of us been in debates with people who actually don't even know what's in the Bible, but they debate as though they do. And it's nuts. So I, I encourage yeah. you, if you're debating with somebody and you literally don't know your Bible, shut up. No, yeah. <laughs> shut but up. Pick I, up your yeah, Bible. I, save yourself yeah. to keyboard warrior time, right? And and go ahead and sit down and read your Bible and
2: learn for real. Right, And I'm not going to lie, too, As too, as far as like sharing your faith online and everything, it's it's better just to go ahead and say what you want to say. Don't, don't get into these big spits over it. Like I, and I've done it a whole bunch of times, and that's why I'm telling you, don't do it. You'll invest a whole bunch of time. No one ever has ever really changed anyone's mind over, nope. Uh, online. Nope. It's a person-to-person No, no thing. amount of evidence will ever change an idiot's mind. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, uh. I, I've, get, I've gotten into a lot of those debates before, and, uh, you know, it's just not worth it. At the end of the day, people act completely different. Online than they do in person. The yep. things that they say to you online, they would almost never say to you in person. It's a lot. It's a lot more charged online. So you know, just don't be careful where you invest your time in. You know, this is a lesson that I've had to repeat to myself in the last few months. Yep. You want to de- yep.
1: debate with people? Debate in person. Um, that's really where you do it. And and debates are healthy. Um, they're healthy. If they help you. It, usually, we call that white iron sharpening iron. If you got two Christians mm-hmm. debating, remember you're on the same team. It's supposed to be. Um, Yeah right. As long as you're staying biblical, and and I encourage you this: never get stuck in the feelings part.
2: Exactly. Your
1: thoughts and feelings are irrelevant. What the scripture says is all that matters. So I encourage you, as a person, uh, if you're debating and someone's talking about, well, I think or I feel, shut it down. I don't want to hear what you think or feel. I want you to show me the scripture to back that up. That's Mm -hmm. it. Show me the scripture. You know, you hear the 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 one thing. Show me the money, right? No, show me the scripture. (laughs) Um, So also, uh, as far as the falling away, so we know. This is part of prophecy. This must happen,
0: or the end shall not come. And this is Matthew 24, 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets. And they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that... If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Okay,
1: so when he talks about, right, if he doesn't cut the day short, no flesh will be saved. Keep this in mind. That means churches have fallen away because they're just not there anymore. People have fallen away additionally from their faith. The word, the truth is not being preached. And Christians are literally being purged and are shrinking Literally to where, true Christians. if, I would if say. he let it go longer, yeah, true Christians, exactly. If he let, yeah, fake Christians will be everywhere. In fact, that's going to grow, in my opinion, over yeah. the mm-hmm. next several years. You're, you're going to have tons of people claiming Christianity that have no clue what the Bible says are not Christians, will not make it to the kingdom of heaven according to the Bible. Not because I'm damning them, but because the Bible I'm just Bible reading the Bible, Bible and the Bible says, well, these are not, these are not mine. Right. Um, but no flesh would be saved. What he's saying is if he lets the days continue... No one would be a Christian anymore. Which is very scary. It is scary. That that tells you how much danger you are in as a Christian uh, and how much you need to protect yourself. Put on the whole armor of God and then put on another layer of whole armor of God and then maybe do <laughs> it one more time. You know what I mean? Like you got three <laughs> pairs of socks on. You know what I mean? Like do it and protect yourself and realize you're literally under attack. If you are not walking through life right now with the mindset that you are under attack, then you are vulnerable you're and you're already losing. You're already losing and you're going to lose family members. You're going to lose children to the devil. You're going to lose all the. You need to literally, you are at war. Revelation, end times, is war. It is war against Christianity. So you need to keep that in mind. It's very important. Um, so in 2 Timothy uh, 3, 1 through 5, this know also that in the last days perilous time shall come, for men shall be lovers of them own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Hmm. That sucks. What, what? That sounds bad. Like, I don't yeah. want to be
0: in that time. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, what, what you're learning right there is is like, wow, we're, you can see that today. I mean, most love today is very fake. It's, it's manufactured. Everyone's on the, the selfishness, uh, you know, phase of life. And that's what the devil has us focused on is it's about you. It's about your career. It's about your money. Fall away from God. Walk your path. Do what you want. You know, that's really what the world is, is promoting. And people are falling away too.
0: And I, I mean, we, we, you said love there real quick. And I, I, I just wanted to point out because I feel like I feel it myself. Without feeling and knowing God's love and Jesus's love to you, you can never truly love someone else. Right. I well, feel like there it's is an unconditional. I feel like there is something that I find in the ability to love others now that I know what God's love is, even though I don't know it because it is so unbelievable.
1: Well, it's, he's giving you a love that essentially you nor me nor none of us are really worthy of. It's an unconditional love, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and and you get some people saying, well, see that you know, that's what it means when you get a Christian, you know, you can just sin and do it doesn't matter. No, no, no. No, da, 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 da. no. <laughs> love and, 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 and being spanked are two different things. I love my kids, I'll spank them too. So don't don't be don't be shocked if you get a spanking is what I'm saying. Um, but that love that he gives is an unconditional love, right? And and when you realize that you have a father in heaven here that loves you that much you start to walk in that, 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 that relationship, you'll see that love will start to flow from you too because you realize my father in heaven forgives me and loves me all the time. And he expects that of me too. And I wanna please my father, but I'm also thankful for having that love from him. And I wanna share that with someone else. I wanna love someone else too. Like when I see people, sometimes I remind myself like, just make someone smile today. Yep. Make them smile. Like, hey, I, if you're at the drive-thru, fast food, I'm encouraging you today. When you stop and you're, you're getting your food or you're paying your money or both, both times, tell them, thank you and I appreciate you. I appreciate you all the work. God bless. Yep. And go to the next window. That little comment.
0: Can save their life. That
1: person. Let me. You're no, no kidding. Literally can save their life. You don't know when someone is on the brink of end. I'm telling you right now. We are fragile. We need that, but we need to understand that's how great the love, love of God is. We have to understand it and promote that. So, as a Christian, like if if you weren't a Christian, I don't know how how you can have love. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> and that's what I'm,
0: I'm trying to pull back to is that's where you get in this Second Timothy. You get all these nasty things that people become, and that's because they don't have the love of God in yeah. their hearts. In turn, and and they it, turn— It becomes just a, a nasty sore of a heart.
1: And it is. Take a look on—if you guys are watching the news or doing anything, you see this chaos— this hurt going on in the world, people shooting people, stabbing people, running people over with cars. I mean, it's out of control. And of course, you know, all the end time signs and wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and all these things, but but just people amongst themselves, social media, you get to really see it. It brings
0: the, the prophecy
1: and it brings this Bible really to life. When you see how nasty people are on social media, like literally you can see every part of this verses I just read here. All of that being displayed on social media every single day.
0: Yeah, and nonstop. I, and I want to emphasize it. Read what verse you, verses you read again. Don't read the whole thing, but it's Second Timothy. Timothy, what? It was Second Timothy three one through five. So sit down, those. pause this, sit down, and read that, and think about the day you live every day, and how many of how much of that is around you.
1: And by the way, I, I like this last one. On verse five, it says, "Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away." What he's saying is, like I've heard people say, well, oh, Christians are this and Christians are that. Listen, read this verse and you'll understand. They will have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of their up. They, they are not godly. Understand, if they're doing all those things, how are they godly? How are they Christian? They're, they're not trying if they're, if they're doing that many of things, right? They're not. So I encourage you to understand the difference between a true Christian follower of christ and someone who claims to be a christian or claims to look like they have godliness watch out because there's a lot of quote unquote godly people that people think are godly probably just for the simple fact that it's all relative right there's just a lot of bad people so they see someone who's even slightly godly and they go wow Purely religious. Mm-hmm. You know? And I when I you know, I hate that word, yeah. so I'm like, don't even say that again.
0: I am Christian not religious. and religious should not go no. tie and tie because no, right. there are other religions. Other religions and man made anything- religions, but there is it's it's religion and then there's Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I'm gonna love getting into this episode. I'm I'm starting to write a lesson on the difference between Christians and Christianity and religions, because if you look at other religions, it's all about the self. What can I do to obtain Everlasting life. What can Gnosticism. I do? What can I do to get this? What can I do to have God bless me? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. In Christianity it's it's the other way yeah, around. Right, yep, yeah. Grace right. of so God. That's what God did for you. Yeah.
2: So real quick to expound upon the um the idea of God disciplining and God using, you know, uh hard hardships in your life to strengthen you. Uh you can see this in uh Hebrews chapter twelve, verses uh verse five. Um I'm going to read a couple verses from out here. Uh, So starting with verse 5, Hebrews chapter 12. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son. Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteth not? But if ye be without chastisement, therefore all are partakers. Then are ye bastards and not sons. So that's in uh, that's Hebrews chapter twelve verses five through eight. So chastisement and uh, discipline and receiving hardships in life. It's not because God hates you or yeah. He's angry with you. A lot of the times He's trying to make you stronger. Because and the whole idea is how much does how much. Does a father not care about you if he just allows you to do whatever you want? A good father is going to make corrections in your life when you are wrong or you're heading down a a, a dangerous lifestyle. A father that loves you is a father that's willing to discipline you. And he's going to give you
1: chores and things to do to help formulate you as a person mm-hmm. and teach you responsibility. Discipline you, yes, when you've done wrong. Hold to his word when he says, I'm going to, you're going to, like, you know, growing up, of course, Mason will tell you if I said you were going to get paddled for something. It was never a threat. It was never yelling. It was, a it was just a matter of action. <laughs> it was definitely a promise. And uh, you cross that line, you got the paddle, and that's it. And it was always, hey, I'm a, I'm a father of my word, and we expect the Father in heaven yeah, yeah. to be the father of his word as well. And it, is,
0: it is truly a really good just – way of looking at it the fact and and that's why jesus calls and and god calls himself the father because it is you can look at the parable between a earthly father and the heavenly father and they just go in hand in hand maybe with different things here and there but it is just such a perfect representation and that's just i just i just love it
1: (laughs) so so let me ask you this too so mason now i know you mentioned you wanted to you had a couple other uh things in timothy you wanted to read um and, you know, some of the other things we are going to talk about coming up here next in this podcast are going to be alms, prayer and tongues. Um, and so before we leave this section of the falling away, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah.
2: So uh, in Second Timothy, Chapter four, this chapter really gives uh, Christians a great guideline to follow as in terms of, you know, sound doctrine and uh, what we practice and preach as Christians. So I want to go ahead and read that for you, uh, beginning in Second Timothy, Chapter four, verse one. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, repro- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, so it's funny, too, because even in, uh, in this chapter, I just read verses 1 through 8, by the way, for everyone that is uh, following, along. following along here. So or, uh, 1 through 9, I should say. But it's interesting because Timothy right here is actually referring to the change, uh, yeah. the rapture. And he, and he is relaying it to himself right here. He's like, not only me, but everyone at this point.
0: You know, Mm -hmm. so it
2: hasn't happened yet. And I love
0: I love the verse three there for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Exactly. But after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears?
1: Yep. And in verse four, I like that. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Um, So this isn't just people. It's churches too. Understand that's churches too, and we're watching that happen. As you see churches falling away from the biblical teaching, and they're beginning to what approve of, approve of homosexuality, same sex marriage, et cetera, et cetera. These are things that the Bible speaks very specifically against. There's no gray area with any of that, and yet churches are just going on themselves and saying, "Well, you know what? I think we'll just be accepting of this." And that is the danger of following. Who's teaching at the front? You need to know your Bible. That's why we say that. So, you know, when it says um, they're going to turn their ears away from the truth and shall be be turned unto fables, so they're going to literally start to turn the Bible into an untrue story, right? Because the Bible says that all of this Bible— right, is God's Word, inspired by God and is there for you to follow. But the minute you start to omit, okay, errors and omissions here, folks, when you begin to omit, it's no longer the Word of God. You don't it's believe. no longer the Word of God. Yeah. You know, you you start omitting things, and now you've just made up a new Bible. That is not God's Word. And for that matter, it's no longer the God.
2: Yeah, no, it's, exactly, it's a exactly. God
1: you made up. That's all it is. And so... Um, and it says, "But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions." Do it says, "Endure the afflictions." You're you're going to have to deal with this. You know what I mean? You're going to just go ahead and deal with it. This is in verse five, and it says, "And uh, do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy ministry." Mm-hmm. So here we are. I'm going to tell you what is Affinity Christian Ministries. Oh, we're we're going to preach the Bible. We're going to teach the Bible. We're going to stick to the word. And it's it's not easy. we got sin in our life. Don't think we're holy people here standing before you and telling everyone else, you, you, you. We're just trying to arm you with the word of God because we know the average person is not reading the word. So here we are. We're just trying to bring it out for you. We're going to take the cliff notes. We're going to pull it together and give it to you. Put it in your mind. That way you know and we can strengthen you. And if we can help you get strong, we are praying that you help someone else get strong too. And whether you use us to do it and sharing the app or the website or whatever, or you learned enough from it that now you're doing your own thing, sticking biblically all the time. That's what's important. So go out, be strong, deal with the affliction that's going to come against you. People are going to ignore it. You're going to see it. Don't be down by that. Move on to the next. Whoever needs your time, wants your time, their heart is ready, spend your time there. Those who want to be ignorant and turn away, you try you try but don't spin your wheels. Move to the next because there's some for every person that's hard-nosed and doesn't care, there are 10 more with a heart that is ready right yep. now. Spend mm-hmm. your time where it's going to be most valuable. Um the uh, Mason, did you have anything else and Timothy, you want to go to next? Or are you good on that spot?
2: Um, yeah, well, actually, that should about summarize it. Uh, again, I just highly recommend you guys reading, uh, everyone reading the first and second books of Timothy. They're short books, only you know a, few, a little more than a few chapters each, and uh, it's a lot of great teaching in there. And
1: James, I think
2: this is a good segue, mm-hmm. um, because we're going to, again, we're going to talk
1: about tongues, alms, and prayer, and alms means giving, folks, um, and prayer, and what the Bible says about those things, and we're also going to talk about healing, yeah. um, and so, and I think those things will all go hand in hand, and basically what we're going to do is we're going to give you some pieces of scripture, really, to show you what the Bible says about those things, specifically so you understand and then we're going to get into those in a minute. But since we're talking about the falling away and people turning their ears away from the truth and so on, I think it's a good segue into into James right now. In terms of James, since you've you've been saved, since you've come aboard with Affinity Christian Ministries, your eyes are opened. You 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 see the Bible is a hundred percent true. It's real, and what we have coming ahead. And it's scary, but at the same time, it's a beautiful thing to be alive today, mm-hmm. to actually be a part of the living Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas people before us really couldn't couldn't have claimed such things. And today we are. But that being said, because you have this this spiritual awakening, because you realize we have you told me I remember, and this was even just before you were saved. You're like, we don't we don't have a lot of time. No. Well, I no, said, yeah. well, thank you for noticing. And uh-huh. you're like, like like our careers, they don't matter here. What matters right now is getting this out to people as soon as possible. And so I it was it was great for me to hear that from a person because you don't hear that from from Christians in general. And here's a non Christian at that non-Christian, time. Yeah. At that time. And you realize the urgency. And I'm telling you right now, Christians quit being lazy. You have urgency. There are people hitting the dirt today that you could have, you could have impacted, you could have changed your life. Get off, off your butt and you do something about it and you better get strong as a Christian right now. If you're waiting and you think like, well, someday I'll learn, you're waiting too long and I'm gonna tell you what, you will get stomped. Stomped through these end times If you do not learn how to stand up And get a backbone I'm telling you now But Affinity Christian Ministries folks Is a Is a is, a, is a supplement To your current church We don't We're not really looking to replace church And yeah For some people We might be your only church Praise the Lord! Thank you. Thank and, you know, you thank you thank for, you for the opportunity. Yeah. But but at the same time, this is a supplement to church. It's good to congregate together with other Christians. Um, but you know, you would think that these pastors would be like, "Fine, come in." No, they're afraid. Well, you're going to steal my flock. You're going to say something that conflicted with what I told them last Sunday. And yeah. there, there's all those things that are going on. And and shame, shame on the leadership in churches today just shame and, I'm I'm watching them scramble right now and it's kind of funny to watch I'm watching them scramble because they're trying to figure it out They want to, everyone wants to build a mega church and they think it has to do with more strobe lights and smoke smoke machines and you know all this stuff and I'm just going
2: oh, my and, goodness and you know what the insane thing is is that when they, when they have that thought of are you trying to steal my flock well first of all they're them. not your, your flock. flock. They're God's. Yeah. Oh, you're- oh, that was <laughs> good. Yeah.
1: You're not the owner of them. You're just shepherding them right now. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's
2: what you're doing. Uh, the owner... You're watching
0: them for a, a little bit. You're yeah. just... You're babysitting. I
2: right. just want to say that God's judgment is going to suck for them. It is not going to be fun because yep. everyone that does not get the chance to hear the truth of what, the, of what Revelation teaches and what Jesus had plainly said to his disciples about the end and when he does return, that's going to be on their shoulders. They will have to answer for that because they have put themselves in a position. And again, in 1 in, um, Timothy, 1 Timothy teaches about like the hierarchy of the church and you, what your responsibilities are. You are going to be judged harsher mm-hmm. and a lot more differently than people who are not in that position. If you're in the position of power to lead and to feed, you will be judged way more harshly. You have, You have platform you've 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 chosen to accept the platform
1: and at that point it comes with a responsibility and it really does and it's it's preaching the word it didn't mean you, you were going to be a perfect person no absolutely not it didn't mean you were going to be a sinless person do not think your pastor is a sinless person it's, it's it's far from the truth but you vowed to stand up and teach the word even unto death unto death and if you don't want to anymore then you remove yourself from it plain and simple so, I'm 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 here to death. I don't care if it costs me my life. I'm totally down with it. Uh you send me to Jesus. I don't care. And you reach out to Affinity. Literally, like we're we're that accessible. We're that accessible like you can go onto our website and, you know, we've got our phone number and stuff. You can contact us there. You can download our app which has our phone number, our email address.
0: Dude, uh, I, anything I, that
1: you need we will literally get on the phone with you yeah. and walk you through the questions and answers whatever you need. We will spend the time on you. You are important oh Don't my goodness that. you're
0: gonna make me start crying now. I, know, I know every time i do an episode here i start crying but to even that point i spend all night on the phone for my business why wouldn't i want to spend all night on the phone for jesus
1: yes or oh, for you. you amen as a pastor that's what you use it's not your feeling, it's not your thoughts you open the bible and you say well you had a question on this let me show you what the word says about this because that pastor's word doesn't mean crap doesn't mean crap. I'm going to tell you right now. It means nothing. What is written, what God has said is what trumps all things. That is what matters. So your pastor should always use scripture, always should use scripture to direct you in what he's saying. Otherwise, he's nothing more than giving you his own personal opinion. And God only knows how skewed that can be. Use the scripture, right? What's the scripture say? What's the scripture say? That is really the, the question. And if you ask a pastor, you say, well, what's the scripture say? And they don't really know. Mm -hmm. Well, well, then, you know, the, the level of leadership that you have, and now it's time to turn somewhere else where you can get your answers. And again, this is why affinity wants to be your number one trusted resource for, for, for learning in the Bible. I mean, the Bible obviously is the number one resource. That's where we get the answers from, by the way, (laughs) but we want to be, if you need a go to, you need a phone call. I've been on the phone. Like literally I was at work. uh, This was a couple months ago and I had a lady call in. I don't know her. She don't know me. And she just said, you know, I, I've, I've listened to some of your videos and podcasts. She's like, I, I really think that, you know, um, this is amazing. Um, and it's, you know, she starts going to tell me her life story. And now I'm getting into a very in-depth, very personal part mm-hmm. of her life. Yeah. She's a stranger to me. But all I'm doing is giving myself to her right now. In the name of Jesus, whatever you need, I'm here to minister to your soul. And I'm going to teach you the Bible over the phone, whatever I need to. And I spent the time, I answered her questions and then some. And she was so thankful for that. And then on her way, she went. That's what our job to do as a Christian. I didn't say, well, this is what I think. Like, no. I said, well, here, let's go to the Bible. So here the Holy Spirit is making the connection, you know? And why? Because I have no fear. I don't have fear of losing the business relationship, nothing. I don't have any fear. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to lay it out there. And that's the beauty of it. Don't have the fear because when you preach the truth, boy, the Holy Spirit will take it and take it to the top for you. In the words that you spoke just on the behalf of God, you will see them. They won't return void. They will return beautifully. The words I spoke to you golfing returned you to a, a, a salvation, right? A a saved person. That's you found God in that because there was no fear in that. And that's what we have to do. You have to be fearless as a person to carry on the word. Um, and, and I'm going to segue with that there that you talk about, don't let it turn your way. Right. And, and at the same time, there's some things that goes on in the churches that turn people away. Um, and some of it might seem, mm, I don't know, maybe, I think it's questionable in a lot of people's minds. Because I, 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 you know, talking to my friend the other day, uh, you know, he's saying the same thing. Man, when I see that, that just makes me go, this is fake. Okay, so we're going to get into this next piece here that we're looking at this desperate nature of many churches and people today that are desperate. And I don't want to say this is bad, but understand that people seem to be so desperate for a spiritual experience that number one, they feel the only place they'll get it is at the church with the fog machine on, the music roaring, the dark, you know, lights darkened and somebody pushing them over in the crowd, okay? Like that is literally their thought of what a spiritual experience is. And it's a bunch of folks that are trying to, uh, to 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 reach a level that they're not getting there because they're willing to fake it until they make it. And now I'm not here to talk against the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does and moves. I'm all about it. I, I'll tell you what, I believe 100% in healing. I believe in the movement of the Holy Spirit. I know when the Holy Spirit moves upon me. And i tell you when it happens, out of nowhere, I will ball like a baby and I'm not that kind of guy. So I've I seen it and it I, freaking out. I, I, it, it happens. And it, when I feel it, it feels amazing. And I can feel it come and I can feel it go. And when it's not there, I could tell you the Holy Spirit ain't here right now. At least ain't upon me <laughs> and so on. But there are things that are happening in churches and we can use the Bible to verify. See, if you know the Word of God, when someone is quote-unquote faking it, you will know if you know the Word of God. If, at the end of the day, you're Christian. You are a follower of Christ. So we can look back to what our Bible says, what Christ did, and verify is what this person doing real, or is that a bunch of below? Is that
0: part of the falling away?
1: Part of the falling away. Part of the this, this spiritual whatever they got going on. So honestly, I think today... In today's day and age, I think if Jesus arrived for most things he saw going on in church, he would be laughing, <clears throat> like seriously, guys. Wow, did you complicate this process? Wow, did you really go overboard? And what's with the smoke machine? For goodness sakes, you know, like what are you guys trying to do here, uh, exactly? Um,
2: <laughs> Jesus would be flipping fog machines today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he probably would walk into church or what is this? What is this? So, one of the things, and we'll just go through. I have listening is is tongues, okay. And speaking in tongues, if, if you've ever heard someone uh, you know, go off speaking in tongues in church, meaning that they're speaking in some language or whatever it is you, you don't understand, no one seems to understand, that's speaking in tongues, and that's supposed to be a spiritual, we'll call it a celestial language between you and God, really, because that's between you and Him. It's very personal. It's very close. So do I believe in speaking in tongues? Absolutely. But I also believe in being biblical about doing so. If you want to speak in tongues... The Bible gives you, uh, really, directions on what that's like, what it says. Um, And if we look in 1 Corinthians... Let me pull this. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians uh, 14. And the whole chapter is really... uh, uh, given to speaking in tongues and Bible prophecy, okay? And uh, what I have found uh, numerous times, I've had plenty of fakers come to the church, seen them, been there, done that. Uh, somehow they, 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 people get fooled, right? They're duped, a the power of suggestion and things like that. But I've seen people come in and think that they were just going to get people just speaking in tongues. Listen, <laughs> you, no man is going to come in and put God language in your mouth. That's only a fool would believe that, and if if you don't feel the Holy Spirit move upon you and those tongues just flow out of your mouth, when it happens, it's going to happen, not because some man getting you all hopped up saying, "Here you ready? It's going. We're going to do it. are start babbling." You know, like like no, what are you doing? Right? So let's let's go to the, the the Bible to look for our truth and what we need to look for. So, in chapter fourteen, verses four. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's go ahead and just start in, in, in the very verse 14, 14 verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather ye may prophesy. Okay, so they're talking about prophes- prophesy, prophesying is, is very important. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Okay, so the, I just told you that is a God language you be speaking of speaking in tongues. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Okay, it's, it's mystery to everyone else, right? But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. So prophecy comforts people versus just straight out, you know, speaking in tongues in public. Um, but it says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Okay, so when someone starts speaking in tongues in church, right, in general, they're edifying themselves, not God. Okay, so between you and your personal life when you're praying in the prayer in the closet and so on, and we'll come to that, come to that in some of the other verses, that's what's important. So um, verse five, I would that ye all spake with the tongues, but rather, uh, but rather that ye prophesieth, for it is greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. In other words, if you speak in tongues in church, There is no interpretation that follows because remember, speaking in tongues is not a manufactured, man-made babble session. It is the Holy Spirit falling upon you and you are communicating to God, saying things which you don't even understand, right? You are literally uttering things and, and the Holy Spirit is translating that stuff. You're just saying it. You don't even know what it is. But if there's an interpreter, then the church receives edifying. In other words, when I was growing up, I truly believe I saw true speaking in tongues. As an adult, nope, nope. Every time I've ever seen it, it's, I'll be honest with you, it was a lie, it was fake. That's what it felt like to me because Hmm. there was no interpretation. And truly God, and here we're going to read this. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or doctrine. Okay, so I'm going to jump to verse 9 now. So likewise, ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye speak unto the air. So in other words, here it's saying you're just babbling into the air. No one's going to know what you're saying. Like you're literally just babbling, right? Um, And then you jump down to verse 11. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice... I shall be unto him that speaketh our barbarian and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me so literally speaking in tongues without interpretation makes you a barbarian before the people literally right um what a drop (laughs) right uh even so ye for for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church in other words he knows you're going to be zealous and you want spiritual gifts, so you're going to start babbling out of nowhere and it's saying no, 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 no. You need to edify the church, not yourself. And so, if basically, if we what you've read so far is, if you're going to speak in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation, then the church will be edified. Otherwise, you don't speak in tongues before the you're people. Gonna you're going to make a fool of yourself, right? But he said, prophesy, right? Prophesy edifies the church. So do that. So, and it says in verse 13, it says, Wherefore, let him that speaketh an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Okay, so then let's jump to uh, verse 22. It says, Wherefore, tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesieth serve not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. So prophesying is for believers. Uh, Tongues are for them that believe not, as long as there is an interpretation so they understand what's actually being said. Therefore the whole church be come together into one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers. Will they not say, "Ye are (laughs) mad? literally you're speaking in tongues there's no interpretation these people that are not believers are going to walk into your church what are you doing and say are you mad now i'm going to tell you alex isn't here today in case you wonder there's a voice missing today he had he had some things he had to uh, take care of today this is one of the things that pushed him away from the church because here he is brand new just crossing over into being a believer and we had some guest speaker come in and, and this guy you know for me i'd vet people out and i see stupid things happening i'll put my boot between where the Lord split you real quick, but you know, <laughs> this, this person is literally trying to manufacture speaking in tongues with every, every person in there and trying to force you to get you to go and here, do this, do, you know, pushing on your chest and doing all kinds of weird things. And like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like it, it's, and again, it's not for me to stand up in church and start screaming out loud. I'm not going to interrupt the service for that, but I'll tell you what, make me want to beat you up in the parking lot for sure. And you know, here he, he's like, dude, this was wrong. What was happening was wrong and yeah not only was it wrong did it feel wrong but it's biblically wrong um so yeah you know literally he thought are you mad here it says that right in the in the in the bible um let's see here and then we jump to verse 28 folks but if there be no interpreter let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to god i'm gonna say it again If there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So if someone is babbling in the church, they are a barbarian before the people. Just know that. The Bible says if there's no interpreter, shut your mouth. It's between you and God. All right, so when you see people doing otherwise, just know they're manufacturing what they're doing. They're no longer biblical in that moment. The Bible has told you very plainly because here it is in verse 33, my favorite part, right? For God is not the author of confusion, mm. but of peace as in all churches of the saints. So he is talking about don't go babbling, right? Um, <laughs> to, to, you know, there has to be an interpretation. So when I was younger, I watched that happen. I've watched people, and it didn't happen all the time. Every now and then someone would stand up and they'd be speaking in tongues. And I kid you not, just a, just a short moment of silence, someone else would stand up and interpret what was just said. Now, this was not a manufactured it is felt as real as could be is all I can tell you today. I've seen all the Manufacturings of it. I've never seen the interpretations after and that tells me there's a bunch of people who are overzealous And desperate and they want to be you know, well, I talked in tongues, you know Look at me like no, 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 you didn't Um, And then here but here's one thing that's important to do. in verse 39 and 40, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophecy. In other words, they're saying, covet to prophecy. Guess what Infinity Christian ministry does? Covet <laughs> yeah, to prophecy. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay? And forbid not to speak with tongues. So you're not saying to forbid. Don't. You don't forbid yeah, don't. someone speaking in tongues. Tongues, again, is a celestial love, <laughs> love language between you and God. So if you're speaking in tongues in your prayer room and at home, awesome. That's what you should be doing. Go for it. Try it a little bit. That's fine. Hone your skills there, but understand truthfully the the true meaning of tongues was that someone would stand up and speak. No one understands it, but literally following that, there's a full interpretation of what was just said, whether it be by someone in the room that actually speaks the language that was being spoken, because it was literally spoken in another tongue. Maybe they're speaking in Arabic and, and no one knows. And then all of a sudden, there it is. That happens as well, but sometimes. It is literally in a language that no one in the room is going to understand, but there's still, if it's truly a God moment, there literally will be an interpreter that will interpret and you'll hear, I am the Lord, your God. And let a, and they'll go on and they'll explain what's being said. And it's powerful when you hear it, <laughs> it's going to make me cry. I mean, like it'll put goosebumps on you more than you can imagine, but I haven't seen that since I was a kid. So I'm not forbidding you to speak in tongues. I'm just saying, you know what your Bible just said about it. We read it. So now straighten yourself out and go from there. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that, that's enough on the tongues. It's so that uh, you understand. Go ahead, James.
0: I mean, a good example to, to pull back to what Jesus taught was in uh, Matthew 6, 5, um, teaching on prayer. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street that they might be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 6, But thou, when thou prayeth, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thine door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly.
1: And I'm glad you went right into that. So literally, um, I was going to go into that and that's a perfect perfect segue into that. Um, And folks, what you see today is the circus right? I mean, Mason, we, we have all witnessed this a thousand times over. Uh, of of man, am I not am I not connected with God or something? Like, am I missing something? Like,
0: it's all different. You know,
1: how, this place is like having a party in here. Like, what what's going on? You know, look, uh, your prayer is personal. Your prayer is very focused. Church is not the place where you go to pray to get closer to God. It's your closet. Your Bible mm-hmm. just said we just read that. He said, go into your closet. He didn't say go into the synagogue. And guess what people do today? They go into the synagogue thinking, this is where I reach God. No, it's in your closet. When you're down on your knees, you got your face in your carpet, and you're worshiping him, and you're praying to him, and you want to speak in tongues, you speak in tongues right there. It's literally the direction of the Bible. That is... What you're given to do. And why then, you ask, are there so many that aren't? It's because they don't know their Bible. And because the churches are teaching them, oh, this is how you get holy. This is how you do it. Look, you if you don't come here, you're not going to get that connection with the Lord.
0: Yeah, when I first became a Christian, I always thought to myself, if I wanted to, to read the Bible better, I should go to my church and sit in the pews and pray. Or I should sit in the pews and read my Bible. And then I slowly read stuff like this. And I was like, Pfft. Screw my church. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, you're, you're, you know, and that's why, like I said, with the Bible boot camp we're talking about, you know, doing is, you know, I couldn't give 52 messages a year. I'll be honest with you. Why? Not unless they're 52 Bible boot camps. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, that there's I would be so much to, to talk
0: about. You can't fit it all in 52 weeks.
1: <laughs> no, well, that and that, and I don't want to give you some sort of superficial weekly message. That makes no sense to me. You put a Bible boot camp together where you get down to the hardcore. This is what praying's about. This is what tongues about. This is what worship's about. This is where creation is, and this is where the end times are, and this is where we're at. Like that's what you need to know.
2: So to touch on uh, speaking in tongues, and then we can move on from this. Um, now we're not going to name any you know local small churches or anything, or try to dox anyone like that. Not only do they do this, folks, just to give you an idea of when you stop following the Bible, you are going to fall for a whole bunch of other ridiculous stuff. And one of the other things that they do at that church is something called grave soaking or grave sucking. And the idea behind that is that when someone passes away, you and this is a this is a quote from Pastor Johnson of that church. So, there are anointings, mantles, revelations, and mysteries that have lain unclaimed literally where they are left, because the generation that walked in them never passed on, never passed them on. I believe it's possible for us to recover realms of anointing, realms of insight, realms of God that have been unintent- have been un- untended for decades, simply by choosing to reclaim them and, and perpetuate them for future generations. What they're doing is rich- witchcraft mm. they go and they lay on the graves of deceased christians and hope that they soak up their anointing this is a straight up black magic ritual and that we have seen this and it is seen throughout native american traditions about uh laying on the graves of giants where mm-hmm. giants are found in some of these burial yeah. mounds because it's a rite of passage where the young men they'll sleep and spend days inside of these caves and um burial grounds to absorb the spiritual essence of the giants and uh That's just, that's
0: just, I don't think, I don't think, has anybody ever read that in the Bible in this room? (laughs) Yeah. Just don't
2: get caught up in the weird stuff, folks. So just, you know, that's just a warning folks, be biblically accurate and relay everything and and we'll help you get there. Please let us help you because again,
1: our opinions don't matter. Our Bible matters and that's what we focus on and that's what you need to focus on. Um, So, you know, here we've talked about tongues. We've talked about praying that that's, that's something you should be doing at home in your closet on a regular basis, by the way, not just, you know, for a short 10-minute session. And in, can I, on yeah, Sunday.
0: can I say something to that? I, I feel like praying does not have to be the same for everybody. There's no set prayer. There's no this and that.
1: Yeah, d- listen, I, I know some friends that can speak beautifully yeah. when they pray, and that's great for them. Um, <laughs> Jesus, you know, it was very, very, you know, simple in, in prayer overall. Um, you know, and when we talked to the Father, my, my, my most simple prayer was, oh, God.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay? And your and testimony, was, you know, yes, in my great.
1: testimony and and he answered so much just in those moments Why? Because he already knew exactly what I was going to ask and he already knows you too So you don't have to have a beautiful prayer. What you have to do is address the father. That's it. Just go right. to him Go to him. He already knows you can be like father. I need you and he goes. Yep. Yep. I already know I know everything you need. Thank you. And, for coming and that's
0: to me. that's the only thing I was going to say is most people think They need to pray before they go to bed or whatever. I pray out. I pray throughout the day. Yeah Even if it's just a thank you, Lord, or even it's just a please give me the guidance through this, please do this. And so that way I'm not getting home and I'm forgetting what I'm thankful for throughout the day because I'm thankful for every single day of my life because, I, I mean, I almost lost my life. So you do not have to have this this book, this definition, prayer time, or this anything—it
1: can be whenever you want. I've gotten on my knees in the bathroom at work. I don't recommend getting on the knees in the bathroom. Ew. At work, but, no. <laughs> but we have—we have a very clean, you know, very nice office. So, uh, but I, I have gotten on my knees before just to thank God for the toilet paper that's there. I mean, I know that sounds silly and stupid, but you know. And of course, as I start thanking Him for that, well, I thank You for the water that's in the toilet. I thank You for the sink, the soap, mm-hmm. Father. Thank You for all these small things that I take for granted every right. single day—the clean water I have here, the warmth that's in this building during the cold that's outside. Uh, you know all these sorts of things, and. and I'm going to tell you what, the more you
0: learn how to be thankful and
1: you really start to appreciate every little thing oh that goodness. you have and you stop
0: being the so spoiled. The heat in my car, the gloves that I have the, on. Thank and you. The, the <laughs> fact that it didn't snow on this particular side of my window so I can kind of get out of work early. You know what I mean? <laughs> and,
1: and I even, you know, I thank God even for the, you think along the way, well, I think I thank God for the people who made this toilet paper. Yep. The oh, workers yeah, exactly. and, the, and, and their families and I pray for them and so on. So it's good stuff. Go ahead,
0: Jim. I mean, right here, this is perfect. It just came to mind. Um, if you ever have a question on a Bible verse that you don't know off the top of your head Jonathan can explain it pretty pretty well but basically you just type what you think the verse may say and type verse and it gives it to you
1: yeah so what he's saying is put the word verse at the end of your search in Google so it could be like you know I want to know about Prayer and the prayer and public verse, boom. you know, and boom, it's going to shoot you something. Some of them might not really <laughs> yeah. fit the bill, but read through and you will finally get to the verses that you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, you know. But
0: in Matthew, uh, well, back, Matt, back to Matthew six, teaching on prayer, Matthew oh. six, eight. Oh, yep, did you say something? No, you're good. You're good. But be not ye therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things ye need of before you ask. Well,
1: and, and what did he say just before
0: that? but when ye pray use not vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they shall be heard with much speaking. <laughs> so
1: vain repetitions folks, in case you didn't know, that would be the rosary. Okay. Lord says that's vain repetition. Don't do that. Um, by the way, it also praises and prays to Mary, which is obviously very blasphemous. Mm-hmm. Uh, as your Bible said, we've got lessons on that. Uh, you know, tune into the videos, the unread or misled, um, and so on. But, um, It is. He gives you directions on what you're supposed to do. The thing is, is people get misled because they don't actually read the directions. Again, we love the acronym on the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, right? Basic Instructions Mm -hmm. Before Leaving Earth. So you want to know how to put yourself together as a Christian? You have to read the instruction manual. And it's right here. And you might say, well, that's a lot. There's a lot in there. You're right. There's a lot. There's a lot of lineages and things that may not mean anything to you, but those lineages are put in there for because, a reason. And, and actually the Bible says you will be, it was put in there because he knows that people will want to know the lineage. And and I read this the other day and I thought that was pretty neat because even today, what do people to ancestry.com? I want to know where I came from. We, for some reason, we all want to know these things and the Bible has the lineage for that purpose, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so prayer, he gives instructions. you know, here, the, the disciples, Hey, how, how should we pray? He's like, well, you would pray like this, our father who art in heaven. And he literally gives instructions, right? And that, that you know,
0: that, that's not a prayer to repeat over and over and over no, again. It's no. literally just like a benchmark. Like you start with the father, you, you praise the father, yep. you, you thank him, you ask for what you, it's just, it's not like my family. When we eat, we repeat that prayer. But you know, if we have a big family dinner, right. we, we say that prayer. And that's not what it was for. That no. was for just like a, hey, this is a, an example right. of what to do. Yes. You know what I mean?
1: Yep, yeah, Address the Father. You know, give, give glory to his name. Uh, be thankful for what he's given to you and so on. Um, and so when people do differently, you go, why? Who taught you this stuff, right? Um, now, another one. So we've talked on tongues. We've talked on prayer. Um, and then we have alms, which is giving. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and read in matthew 6 oh wow we've been
0: in matthew 6 all freaking day
1: yeah so so matthew 6 1 through 4 so Ma- Ma- matthew 6 is a pretty neat little uh uh chapter to, to go on and it says this take heed that you do not do your alms before men to be seen of them otherwise ye have no reward of your father which is heaven boom so we take the first verse if you're giving and and to be seen of men before you giving you got no reward Oof, that stinks. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you that they have the reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So this is another thing that I, I struggle with. Uh, uh, time and time again as well, because churches, you know, it takes money to run churches. Churches are big buildings, lots of people, lots of staff, lots of things, lots of printouts. There's thousands upon Tons. thousands of dollars Ugh. going out the window every single month just to put together, you know, the production for you to walk into, right? And I totally understand that. But then I, you know, you get the times where it's like they, they, they wanna bring someone up who gave money or talk about, oh, you're paying your tithe, tell us what the Lord did for you and, and so on. And yes, that's a testimony. But at the same time, when it's being paraded, really to encourage others to give, I feel like you're gonna steal their blessing from them because now they're talking about the alms that they gave before men. And whether you want to or not, it it's people go oh he gave oh look at that you know they're still before men you're being honored before men, and 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 it and it shouldn't be that way. I don't I don't think any church should bring someone up to the front to to talk. Say thank about you it. for
0: giving me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I think I
1: think if there's someone who, who who wants to know more about tithing and you want to direct someone to say hey well you know ask Bob he'll tell you about it and yeah. let it be very personal, not a brought up broadcasted, you know, thing. And yes, I, I love giving the Lord. I, I pay my tithe. I pay to affinity, I pay to uh, my local church. You know, I do what I can to really use that money. And, and what goes into affinity goes into helping other ministries. I mean, literally whatever I can do when I meet a yeah. ministry that, that needs help, I'm, I'm there to help. When I meet a person that needs help, I look at the ministry balance. I go, okay, let's see what I can do here. You know, um, that's what we do with it. It's, it's there. It's not my money. It's there to, to, to help others, period. Um, but that giving really is, is a personal gift, you know. So if you're like, you know, again, it's, it gets skewed uh, pretty quick when you start leaving the scripture and what it says to do and to be quiet in secret in prayer, secret in giving. And yet, how many of you know, it seems to me like so often it's giving in public, prayer in public, in public meaning in the church, wide open, let me see, you know, that's, that's interesting interesting stuff. So something to think about uh, when it comes to giving is that it needs to be down. So if you're a person who wants to be acknowledged or is being acknowledged for giving and so on, just understand you it says right there. Otherwise you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. So guess whose reward you got? You got man's reward. So what? There's a pat on the back. Good job there, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Um, I don't want man's reward. I want God's reward for things. So if that means being, you know, on the down low, so be it. Uh, and granted, sometimes when you give something to somebody, it's very hard to avoid it these days because money is turning more digital. So it's like it comes from somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and, you know, how else do you get cash to somebody somewhere else without them knowing? I mean, pretty much it's on record, especially when it comes to cash. Bank systems are all yeah. about it, right? they yeah, got to yeah, report yeah. this stuff. So, you know, it is hard not to. So at least, you know, the person itself that you're helping or, or an organization may know it's you. Um, and 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 I guess that's okay to some extent. But it's got to stop there. It's got to stop there. It's not anyone else's business.
0: And one thing I like, I like to bring up when, when we're talking about tithe and, and, and alms is every, every good thing comes from above. That's, I think, in Second James, God has provided us with, with everything that we have. So giving 10% to fund the to fund the glory of god and to fund the expansion of the church should be nothing but you also have to understand that god puts on your heart where he wants you to give your money if it's for if it's to affinity thank you so much we really appreciate it but if it's not you don't have to yep so be it if it's to your local church fantastic god will put it on your heart where to give do not feel obligated i have to give to this i have to it's wherever god is telling you and be selfless in that giving i'm not saying this because we need money i'm not saying this because we want no that's not it at all we're not even saying to give to us give to other god is calling you to give and be selfless in that because he has been selfless in the sacrifice of jesus christ and he has been selfless in giving every good thing that you have sorry to bring such a uh, a serious note to that, but that's just the way I think of it. It really, yeah. it really is the way I view it. So go ahead, it, you
1: know it is, and I and I mean, I mean Mason, I know. And, and I, I guess talking about giving on this podcast is probably equivalent of looking for man's reward. So we have got to be careful about that too. But I think each one of us, like you said, each one of us have times where it's put on our heart to give to a certain organization. I gave a whole
0: drum set to my church because I just felt. Like God was telling me, you need your. I've given you this gift to play at this church. Guess what you're doing, buddy? And I went and spent. I'm not saying I went and spent money on a drum set, and I'm not saying this to glorify me. I'm saying that was God telling me this is what you got to do. Right, and God told
1: you this is what you're gonna do, James. And I didn't.
0: I didn't. I just told my worship pastor, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know I did buy a drum set. I'm bringing it in. I wasn't like, hey, guess you bought a drum set. I set it up. I didn't tell anybody because I was not looking for any single person. Yep. To give me, oh my gosh, you bought a drum set. That's so awesome. No, I didn't want that at all. Right. That, was, that was just something God put on me and told me, hey, this is what I want you to do. And I did not even question it.
1: Yep. And I'll tell you what, learning, learning how to give in, and in the name of Jesus always, always, if you're going to give, it's in the name of God. You know, that, that's, that's what you have to focus on because that's what you're really, when you do these things for others, you know, um, if I help someone out. I was telling him, you thank Jesus. I'm telling you right now. And that's what you need to understand. Like, that's where this comes from. He put it on my heart to help you. And those tears coming out of your eyes right now, you thank him, not me, because the first thing someone will do is thank you. No, don't thank me. Like, I'm just telling you, my money was quite happy in my pocket. (laughs) You know, the, the Holy Spirit was speaking to my soul saying, this is for you. So, you know, thank thank God. Thank the Holy Spirit for that because spoke to me, you know, th- you need this, whatever. And certain organizations and stuff. I tell you, when I feel an organization is doing God's work really, and I can feel the purity of that, those organizations are or the organizations that, th- that the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Like if you've ever been in church, you know, you get guest speakers that come mm-hmm. and they usually take an offering for the guest speakers, right? Yeah, yeah. M- many times. And it's understandable. These folks got to fly and hotel and all this sort of stuff. So you understand that. And I'm totally fine with that. But there's some speakers where I can tell you the Holy Spirit's not speaking my heart to give. Mm. Absolutely not. I don't feel it. Or if it is, it's you know 5 or 10 bucks, 20 bucks. You it's, know it's it's small beans. It's nothing. But when the Holy Spirit moves upon me, all of a sudden I'm like, are you sure? <clears throat> are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh. because it's different. It's a larger amount, right? And it doesn't matter the amount that you give, nope. right? It's the thought. It's, it's the thought, but it's also relative to the sacrifice. When you give, it's the sacrifice that matters, folks. It's not the amount. And there, there's the and you're gonna look it up. The woman who gave yes, all the she sheep. gave right. her,
0: her, her a piece of bread when the other guy dumped coins everywhere. Right.
1: So so he'll look that up. So it it's it's the sacrifice to it. So you know if I give a dollar, okay, literally put a dollar in somewhere to give someone a dollar. Do you think really that the Lord is just so proud of that, like? I mean, he's probably looking at me. Have you imagined like when you know someone is like a multimillionaire thirty makes thirty million dollars a year and they gave like ten thousand to a charity? Do you literally think like, Whoa, that was so awesome. Well, no, that's a drop in the bucket, right? That yeah. was like you giving it's a 1%. dollar. Right. It's right. like you giving a dollar. So so I could tell you the sacrifice is what he's looking for, right? And and that's what we do when we give. We give sacrificially in something that might not be easy to give up in terms of amount or percentage or whatever, but we do that really for the benefit of the kingdom of heaven. And that's one thing I've learned along the way. I mean, Mason, I taught you guys young about paying tithe, you know, right. and that God is God honors that all the
2: time, all the time.
0: Yeah, so, so we're going to read this story from Mark 12, 41 through 44, I think it is. Mason, you want to take that?
2: Yeah, let's go and do it. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and behold, <clears throat> and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many people were rich cast in much, and there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a far which make a farthing, and he called unto his disciples and, and saith unto them, verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury, for all they did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So beautiful. It was the sacrifice because her little pieces, was it less in dollar amount
1: than the rich folks? Yes. But percentage wise, it was a hundred percent of everything she had. So, so here her sacrifice was great. Okay. Very great. And, and that's really what it comes down to is, is where's your sacrifice now? Yes, we need money. we got to pay bills and things at home, uh, obviously. Um, But, you know, living deliciously is not something that's important to God, right? Hmm. You know, having your, you know, food, water, shelter, hey, you're doing good, right? That's it. Food, water, shelter, you're doing good. You don't need lobster to Uh, There are others who don't have food, water, and shelter, and they need your help. They need your help. So that that's really what, you know, when you give to the church, churches are supposed to be in the community helping those who need help. they got food pantries generally. They know who's hurting because a lot of times when people are hurting, they'll come to the church and say, you know, I've lost my job or my car blew up. I don't have money to fix it. You know, I'm a single mom or I'm a single dad or, you know, whatever's going on. And it's a church's job to stand in right then and there and take God's money and do God's work. That's what that is supposed to be for. Um, not, not so much for all you know, the other ancillary ancillary you know components that happen a lot of times, but that's what it's supposed to be for. Um, so we've we've talked about giving, you know, what it means to give, the heart to give, how you're supposed to give, that it's not a show, uh, it's not something to be communicated out publicly or really even be in, done in public. We're talking
0: a lot about shows. Like yeah. this, this 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 Christianity is not a show. Show,
1: Yeah and, and so if you feel like you're in a show, um, you know, oh well, yeah, maybe there's some signs there you need to deal with, right? But now let's talk about healing as well, okay? Because we've got basically the the hot-button pieces between tongues, uh, giving money, and how to pray, and so on, and and what that really means. Um, But uh, let's talk about healing. And I know, James, you've got uh, 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 quite a few verses down. Yeah. Because one thing, (laughs) you know, uh, I I have experienced all throughout my life is is I have seen a lot of tryhards, And again... People so desperate, zealous for the gifts, as the Bible says, that they're willing to fake it. You know, they're, they're willing to just do this motion. And it, when it comes to healing and things for church, you notice, why are you being pushed? Yeah. <laughs> Stop this is touching num- me. <laughs> this is the number one thing that I will say, is that you get people who give you this push. Like they want you to fall out in the spirit. Okay, listen, if the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. That's it. There ain't <laughs> nothing you can do. Ain't, it ain't going to be a pretty little, oh, fall back and catch me, cover me with a blankie. Like, no, 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 no. Listen, you're, 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 now you're putting on a show, and we just read, and when it comes to prayer and everything else, folks, we just read this is not a show. This is in secret and so on with giving and prayer. So what we need to do is we need to look at what Jesus did first for healing. Okay. So, since we're followers of Christ, we need to look to Christ and you will find as we read that there was, first of all, Jesus did not pray right for, for the healing on people. He commanded healing and it was very simple. It wasn't a 10 minute prayer. He did not take the lame, say stand up and walk and then turn around lay his hands on him and knock him back to the ground in the spirit, you know, push him down. Like there you go back down, you go. But yet, in the churches today, you know, listen, I, I'm all about healing. By the way, healing is real, and healing will happen, but it's not going to happen under a manufactured t- show, okay? What healing is about, really, is, is you, number one, the person who wants to be healed needs to needs to know this is how they will get their healing. Okay, we talk about the woman who, who touched the hem of the garment. She knew just getting to touch the hem yes. of the garment. She knew and she wanted it. She thrived, was thirsty for it. Okay. And, and it was simple as that. She touched the hem of his garment, bam, healed. Okay. There was no <laughs> prayer in all this long drawn out stuff. But in churches today, what we see is a manufactured uh, process that was never biblical and not Jesus in the first place. And you get these pastors who, who want to lay their hands on people. Okay. And they give them a shove. Now you got to ask yourself, where did they get this from? Cause it's not biblical. What they did was is they watched a show, they or they were in a church and it happened to them, or they watched it somewhere else, and they simply repeat the repeat. All they did was regurgitate what they saw, and they think that that is how healing happens. Like if I don't, if you don't fall out and fall down on the ground and, and all this stuff, then well, you know, you you must not be spiritual enough. You must no, 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 no. It's because you're not being biblical. Period. You're not being biblical, not even close. Um, I'm all about healing, and I know when the Lord heals me, He saved my life. He's healed me from blindness. You name. He's it. healed me. He's I, healed
0: everybody in the freaking world. Just it depends on how what the matter of the healing was.
1: Yes, and and and. You know, but it's not going to come because somebody who who's got a fancy method of making noise. you ready? Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here comes. You ready for the healing? Here it comes. You know, they're like, like, oh, here it comes. Like, where's it going? I don't see it. Is it's it such it a buildup. Up, you're you watching know, a movie and, at that point. And, and what it is is you're getting the power of suggestion. You're getting a power of suggestion coming, and 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 they're going to start pushing on you, and really they want you to fall down. So when you don't, and I watch this all the time, and you watch someone else, you see when they get pushed because their shoulders go back, and they and they take a half step, right? Because. They're not being slain in the spirit. You can tell. (laughs) Your
0: knees will buckle.
1: (laughs) But they walk to the front. They truly did walk to the front. They're like, yeah, I need healing. You know? And, And they're looking for this prayer and healing. But, like, you know, you could tell when someone doesn't know the routine. If I push you, you fall down. Then you can see the others who know the routine. They go up there, and they're already ready to fall. Literally ready to fall. They know the motion. Okay. Yep. Yep. They got a catcher behind me. I'm ready to fall. And oh, boom! And back they go, and they cover them up with a little blanket. Like it literally is a manufactured situation. They cover them with the blanket. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're like little, little small, like thin things. Yes. I mean, not maybe not all churches use the blankets, but oh. a lot of them do because you got women might be in skirts or whatever, you know. Oh. And they, but but you see this and you go, okay, listen. When the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, it's not going to be a manufactured moment. The Holy Spirit's going to do it. Um, and, and certainly when it comes to healing, there's no need to push. Okay? First of all, no need. Jesus didn't do this. What are you doing, thou fool? Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Lay your hands, prayer in the name of Jesus, pray for healing, but command it. It's not about a prayer. It's not a fancy thing that needs to be done. Let's now stop and turn, and we're going to have James read us some verses when Jesus was healing. We'll understand what this is like.
0: Yeah. So right after Jesus made water into wine in Galilee, he was approached by a nobleman whose son was dying. Um, And this is very, very simple, and this just shows the power of Jesus in every single one of these verses. Um This gentleman came to him and said, Please come down to my son and heal him. He is at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. And the nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, my child is going to die. Jesus say unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Simple as that. And it says in the next verse, verse 51. This, sorry, by the way, it was John four forty-four through 51. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him that his son liveth. Right. All Jesus said was, you believe, go thy way, your son liveth. Right. Okay. No
1: prayers, no nothing. Now you might be going, well, that was Jesus. No, no, no. Remember, all these gifts, as many as you seek, you will have. So, so... But he, he didn't say, well, now you've got to cluck like a chicken or do some fancy stuff or knock people down. No, um, you know, you, you are commanding healing because if you have Christ in you, right? And he says, the, the verse that says, you know, you will be, be able to do all these things and even greater. And, right?
0: and, and most of the apostles left the presence of Jesus and healed many. And I, we'll have to find that verse, but I'm pretty sure Jesus says, just just command it in my name and it will be done.
1: It's, it's all you need to do. So be simple, folks. You don't have to get it long and drawn out. And I have to remind myself too, by the way, because I and my wife both, we've prayed for people. We've laid hands on for healing and stuff. But, you know, we're, we're not. And we remind ourselves when we're praying, like, remember, we are commanding this sickness to leave. This is what we're doing in the name of Jesus we're commanding healing, sickness, whatever is in this person's body, whatever sin they have blocking that could possibly block this, this healing, Lord, we're praying for removal of this sin right now, Lord, we're, you know, and literally we're going, we're, and then we're with that prayer in there, but, but then we're saying, and, and in the name of Jesus, by his stripes, you are healed. You know what I mean? Like I command healing that sickness leave and that's it. That's all we can do from there that's it. I have no power. I have nothing else I can do. You're giving it to Jesus. I'm just giving it to Jesus. And from that point, if that person really is, is believing for healing that they're not just going through emotion themselves, but they want that healing. You know, that's between them and God at that point. There's nothing else I can do, right? I'm not in control of it. And it doesn't matter if I make, Ooh, Ooh, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some more sound effects.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, when you hear that stuff, it makes me want to run, like run away. Like, okay. Faker on the stage, faker on the stage. So, um, James, what's the next one you want to get into?
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, we're going we're gonna to move to Mark 1. Um, basically, Mark, the very first chapter of Mark goes through a lot, a lot of healings and a lot of uh, spirit, unclean spirits being rebuked from people. So, we're going to start with Mark 1, 23 through 28. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him, and all were amazed. Yeah. He said to the demon,
1: he said, Shut up. Right, hold that peace. Biblically, that's shut up
2: <laughs> and yeah. get out of him.
1: It was a command. Okay, it's a command. This is what you need. This is the authority that you are given through Christ when you become saved and you soak in the Word. Now, granted, yes, you as a person, if you want those gifts, you do have to walk that path of righteousness. That's the path Jesus is on. Don't forget that. So, if you're a person who's not, you may you may be looking to want to have these gifts and so on, but you got to walk the path of righteousness to get them. Go ahead.
0: Next one is going to be uh, Jesus healing a leper in Mark 1, 40 through 45. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with, was moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleaned.
1: So so what do you
0: say in that one? Be thou clean? just said, be thou cleaned. But the funny thing is, is that leprosy, no one wanted to touch you if you had leprosy. But Jesus had just the courage. I understand he's, he's Jesus, but he just touches you, even though everybody would have been like, what are you doing? Right. And it says be thou clean and it's no big deal.
1: Yep. And I think that's again as we look at the simplicity, folks. This is this is what you need to understand. Jesus never showed them how to do this in a way that was different than that. He never said, "Well, disciples, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to heal differently. You're going to have to do some goofy you know, this, that, or the other thing. If you don't have a fog machine, it's not going to work. You know, things like this, no. Or if it's not in the church, in the synagogue, in front of a bunch of people all at once, you know, then it's not going to work. No, no, no. Jesus is out and about, right? He laid hands on people and he just commanded. That was it. It was very simple stuff. I love how simple he worked things. He was not complicated. It's church and people that complicate uh, what's going on in the Bible. Um, Did you have more, James? Yeah,
0: I mean, I just wanted to go to Acts here real quick. Um, in Acts 5:12, um, and by and by the apostles' hands, there were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. So not only not only is Jesus the one offering these signs and these healings it is the apostles and this was so powerful to the people at the time that many and this is verse 15 here that many brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them in beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing them may at some point heal them this is just how powerful in the, what you can do in the name of Jesus that they knew that they had power not because they were powerful themselves, not because they were gods themselves, because they had Jesus in their hearts, and they had true faith in the ability to heal. And that's really what I feel is happening here, is that these men had true faith. These men had true power in Jesus, and that's, I, and, I, and, that's and outside the of those
1: healings, and uh, I don't remember the... Uh exact reference off the top, but you know, in, 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 these healings, there was what one time when it came out to casting out the evil spirit out of the man and, and they were unable to do so. And then Jesus did it, right?
0: Yeah. 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 And, mm-hmm. and they said,
1: they said, well, how, how is it that, you know, it didn't work we, for us. Yeah. We right? did it. So guess what here, even disciples are, are, are frustrated, right? They're like, come on, man, I'm doing all the right stuff. And he says, sometimes prayer isn't enough meaning now he's not talking about praying. Cause remember he didn't pray over the person, but he said sometimes prayer isn't enough, meaning your prayer outside of the healing moment. When when you're at home, when you're digging in and, you, and you're building that relationship with God, that prayer there at home, sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes it's prayer and fasting, right? Sometimes you have to fast. That's what the scripture says. So here, it's what you do outside of the moment of that healing that impacts your ability to do so. So if you are not Truthfully, in your prayer closet, in your war closet, seeking him, and you're not fasting, you do not have the ultimate power through Christ. You do not. He has not, that will not be bestowed upon you unless you have done so. And the question is today, how many people are actually doing that? Very um, yeah. few. They think fasting is like oh, I just went on the you know the fruits and vegetables. Nope. fast. Like, <laughs> like I, I, oh, I, you tried so hard. You just went on the the king's diet for a third world country. How how wonderful for you? Yeah. Um. You know, my goodness. Uh. You know, suck it up, Buttercup. Let's let's try a little harder. So if you want those gifts, you truly have have to put yourself into the righteousness on the other side. Get in a prayer closet. Get down on your knees. Continue to pray and fast, and you will have more of that blessing that anointing upon you will be stronger and you'll have that ability and jesus said it straight out
0: Yeah, and the last one I have is actually jesus raising a dead man uh, This is going to be luke seven eleven through 17 and i'm going to kind of jump through this a little bit. He was in the city of nain And when they came to the gate There was a dead man being carried out of the only son of his mother and she was also a widow and there was plenty of people with her at the time. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion over her, and say unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched him, and they that bear in him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead set up and began to speak, and he was delivered to his mother. This Just like John said, there's no noises. Jesus well, Jesus wasn't making eagle noises and, and clickings. He just touches he commands, and it is done. Yep, and it That's is tr- it. T- 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 To see and, the power is amazing.
1: And he was teaching, right? When Jesus was here, what was he doing? I mean, he was teaching his disciples was, what they the needed gospel. to do,
2: right? Yeah. He it's, was giving them the gospel because they didn't have a Bible. Everyone,
1: right? G- they had not the. Uh, he was <clears> the living word at that he time. Was. He literally, he was writing the Bible. He is the word that will mm-hmm. now be printed afterwards. And he was given us the example. That's why he came besides the sacrifice for, for your sins. Yes. Right. But it was to show you by example, exactly what he would love you to be. If you would only dig in deep, he knows you're going to fall short of that, but nonetheless, you can see what you can be if you're walking the righteous path for sure.
2: Um, now another aspect to all this, uh, the healings and wonders and everything, um, Now, during this time in the New Testament where the power was bestowed upon the apostles to do such things as well, uh, like Paul, him being able to replicate some of these signs and miracles that Jesus did, it was to serve a purpose, and that was to show the people that who he was was from God, what he was doing was from God, and that this was the truth. Now, there are appointed times where signs and miracles are granted to certain individuals, uh, we've seen that with Moses, we've seen that with Elijah, and we, we saw that with uh, the Apostle Paul. Now, we don't see that all the time. I do think a lot of people, and, uh, like we've been saying this entire time, people like to manufacture these signs and miracles of God. Uh, and there definitely are some legitimate, real uh, instances where you have seen people being able to speak in tongues, uh, people that have been healed. Um, people that have been resurrected and demons have been casted out, but it is not in the in the frequent nature that you see in the New Testament. And that's because we are not in the appointed time to where certain individuals are granted these uh, abilities. Signs, yeah, yeah, these abilities, where the Holy Spirit is still moving and working to this day, but it is not in the fashion that we see in the New Testament.
0: Yeah, and I would even say that, that even with the falling away of the church and the falling away of man to this day, that still... I feel like that also has an effect on the amount of miracles, let's say, that we see on a daily basis. Because we are all so separated from God, it saddens God. If you go back to our previous lesson, it saddens God when you are not with Him. Mm -hmm. It it is difficult for Him to work in and among you when you are not with Him. So if if the world is falling away, how are we going to see these signs? How are we going to see... the 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 graciousness of him if no one is willing to see it. Right. And that's the other thing too is that it has you have to have true faith. You have to have true repentance. It's all all of this true and it's not just a true like 2 plus 2 is is 4. It is true in your heart, in your spirit, and with God. You have to have true repentance, true faith if you are going to command anything for anybody in his name. Right. Well, that and I
1: will say too there's there's a big reason why today Um, you don't, it's, it has to be fabricated more than, um, you know, truth is because there are very few who are truly walking the path of the disciples and what they were doing. And of course they were right there with Jesus. So it's always easier to walk a cleaner path when you've got the best example, before (laughs) you you. have the Bible living. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so they had that. Um, but these guys literally gave up everything they had, um, walked and followed him uh, you know, we're, we're living righteous lives uh, with him and, uh, you know, being taught from the master himself, right? And today, how many how many people, uh, you know, today truly are walking a path of righteousness in their life, throughout their life? Doesn't matter if they're pastors or not, preachers, priests, whatever. They all got sin to deal with and most of them are not going into their closets and in the prayer closet, really. They're so involved in the world and everything else going on like the rest of us it would be hard for them to walk in the gifts unless they truly separated themselves on a a, a very major level and truly soaked into fasting, real fasting, and for the purpose of seeking more of those Holy Spirit gifts upon uh, him or her. And, you know, that's something I think that, you know, people struggle with today because they don't know what sacrifice is anymore. They want to hang on to the world Right. now I'm no different. You know, everyone wants to hang on the world to some level. Um, and it's like, are you really willing to sacrifice like those disciples did unto death being beaten? You'll go into the streets, you'll preach. But when you go home, you're still living what you've been preaching. You didn't go home and do something different. Oh, yep,
0: yep, exactly. You know
1: what I'm saying? That's where the trouble is. People want those gifts today, but they don't want to give the sacrifice themselves to really get the gifts. Like we can, you can be, you know, a good Christian um, and and not be perfect. That's, that's, it, it is what it is. But to walk in those gifts, man, it's like you really do have to focus on, all right, you know, if I really want, want, to, want to be that, I have have to be that representation at home all the time. You know, my TV can't have questionable things on it. My radio can't have questionable things on it. I need to soak in the Lord. I need a prayer in my closet. You know and I need to fast often enough so that if I need to cast evil out of someone, I can do it through Christ. Not me personally, but that I have soaked in the gifts that Christ says, okay, yeah, I'll let you use that gift. Go ahead. Go ahead. You've been good. You've followed. You fasted. You've done the right things. I'll let my gift flow through you now. Boom, and there it is. But if you're not walking that path of righteousness, you're doing things. I mean, granted, God can use Satanists to heal somebody who is faking, it. and if He wants to, He'll, he'll use all Just things for His glory. Yes, you know. Yes. But in general, if you want to be that that spokesperson, you know, for a healing ministry, and you want and see more healings than not then your path outside of church needs to be very diligently mm. done. And, and you know, Christ made that very clear to the disciples who were walking that path, but evidently they didn't fast enough.
2: Right. Yeah, <laughs> they so, he,
1: he literally was basically said,
2: y'all didn't fast this week.
1: <laughs> you know, or whatever the case was, he's like, yep, that's why you fell short.
2: So, so to go ahead and wrap up on this too. So uh, <clears throat> now we know, according to what even Jesus said, and then to New Testament, that there will be coming a generation that will perform greater things than he I do believe he was talking about the two witnesses uh and and the appointed times of the two witnesses because they will be performing some crazy miracles signs and wonders oh yeah most definitely that are definitely reflective of everything we've seen in the old testament throughout the new testament um but also going back on to the subject of apostasy in the church uh and being diligent of who you're listening to and are they being biblical but also be careful with how far you go to call out some of these people, you know, I, you know, we all seen Facebook pages online that do great jobs of revealing some of the wolves and sheep's clothing that are in today's, um, charismatic church movement, but also be careful with who you're trying to label as, you know, such and such. Like, um, I saw a post the other day about Perry stone. Now I'm in, I, I, I'm in Perry stones. ISO uh, Bible classes right now. And I do not agree with Perry Stone on a lot of things. And I do think some of the things that he believes in are in direct contradiction to the Bible, like the gap theory, um, his stance on anointing oils and speaking in tongues. I I think it's contradictory to clear scriptures that are pointed out in the Bible. However, I'm not going to go to the extent of saying that this man is the uh, this man is like an antichrist figure or wolf in sheep's clothing. He's, he's obviously just not theologically sound in some of his stances, but he does a phenomenal job teaching the deity of Christ, the Trinity, and he has a lot of great golden nuggets that are theologically sound in it. Just because he's not right on a couple things does not mean that he's, uh, you know, devil sent. You know, yeah. We're all human. We all misspeak at times, too. And be careful when you do see guys that do misspeak online. You know, don't extrapolate and make it into this huge thing. Uh, but also, yeah, be wary of what they do say and just be careful to jump the jump the gun on it. Yeah, basically
1: what, I'm, what Mason's saying in a nutshell is know your word.
2: Uh.
1: If you don't know your word, you won't know if someone contradicts the word. You won't know if they're wrong in their word. And, um, you know, and maybe sometimes it's pompous to say whether someone else is wrong or you're right or vice versa or whatever. But one thing's for sure is, you know, for myself, if you ever hear me talk about something, generally, I'm not the guy. I'm not a betting man, by the way. I'm not a betting man. Um, if I stand up and speak out hard on something, it's because I know I'm right on it. If that's even right to say, um, the Bible's not, right. On it. Yeah, the Bible's right, and I know biblically. That's what I mean by that. Is I, is I, I know that I'm right biblically on that. That I can use enough scripture that I already know the counter argument. I know it already because I've listened to them and that I can use the scripture to dismantle it very quickly, very easily, no big deal. Okay, that's what I look at. So so for me, um, and, and when I know I can do that, I will say, no, you're wrong on that because that's not biblically sound. It can't be. Not when the Bible says this, 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 and this. So if we took your point of view and said that, that would make all this wrong. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. You're wrong. That's just it. You have to. And, and what I find, again, and I'll say it again and time and time again, is that people regurgitate what they were told. And that's all they do. And they do very little of their own really like, hey, if I had to take this to court, would this hold up? Is my evidence in the Bible that I'm giving enough? Or am I twisting this to make it work? And is there other stuff in the Bible that, that's that that I could literally beat myself up with. You know, what I mean, I always look like for other scriptures to make me wrong if I if I'm teaching something wrong. But I can tell you, first and foremost, I pray for the Holy Spirit and I have prayed for the wisdom. That's what I pray for. Not to be a rich man, but to be wisdom. Right. Give me the wisdom of the scriptures, the knowledge and, and to discern. And and I believe that when I pray for that, that's what the Lord will give me. And because I'm I'm analytical. Um, I don't want to mislead a single person. I have a very, very, very strong conscience. Um, I mean, everyone loves to be right, I'm no different. Um, But this isn't about me being right, it's about me leading you correctly. Uh, Biblically, that's what's important. I'm not religious, all right? I hate that word, I'm not religious. I'm a Christian, I follow Christ, period. I'm biblical, that's important because if you're not biblical, you're not a Christian. I'm going to tell you right now, how can you be a Christian if you're not biblical? You dingy, right? I mean, think you about that. You, the Bible yeah. is the only thing that teaches you what you need to do to be a Christian. So therefore, you must be biblical or you're not a Christian, period.
0: Wake up. You can't have a relationship with the Father if you if you don't talk to him. And the only way you can learn about him is if you read the Bible because that is That's where he word. left you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's his note. His notes, his instructions. And then only that, but behavioral he, left you, lessons, he left you the world. He left you your body. He left you your mind. And that is all his creation, his gift to you. And, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Exactly. So really, the one thing we can, we can walk away from this is to, to read your Bible, to challenge yourself to learn more, to challenge others in their faith so that way you both can grow stronger and to just be vigilant. Be vigilant of the falling away of the church and of people. Be vigilant of, of false prophets, of false healings. All of these things, be very vigilant of. Because it's part of the end times? Yeah, and if you're going to do anything, if you're going to take anything away from this, call us if you have anything. Email us if you have anything, because that's what we're here for. I'm going to tell you right now, all three of us would... I have I would do anything other than... I, I would give up anything to, to, to be able to talk to you. Yep. I don't care if I'm going to a, a football game. I don't care if I'm, I'm going to the casino tonight, which i we don't even do i don't even do but i would give up anything to be able to lead you to christ and to have give you the fuzzy feeling i have inside
1: <laughs> I, yeah it's, it's it's really cool because i don't know about anybody else but man if someone starts to talk about god and wants to know i literally drop whatever i'm doing i, I don't even care i don't even care like whatever it is i don't care it, it literally i could i could wind up having a meeting I, I I won't I'll miss my meeting i don't care like we we need to talk You know, if this is the Holy Spirit has put you in front of me, you come to me with questions. It's time. Let's go. I'm ready to, I'm ready to just, I'm ready to make you so strong in the Lord. And, and it's, it's two reasons, right? Number one, Hey, I'm going to get credit for it, by the way. Uh, again, I always tell you, you know, Christians, this is a, this is an MLM. It's the coolest MLM in the world, and I'm talking about only multi-level MLM. marketing. <laughs> I'm talking about multi-level ministry, okay? Because if I can bring you to the Lord, boom, 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 I'm getting rewards in heaven. That's awesome, you know. But also, if I help you and I disciple you and you lead others, hey, guess what? I'm getting some credit too. And look at how it grows. It's a beautiful thing. But to see people, the love come into their life, all of a sudden they change. That's priceless, folks. I'm telling you, don't be fearful about saving someone's soul. You put it in the forefront, and when you do, that will last a life—actually, eternity.
0: Yeah, it will. <laughs> I say a
1: lifetime, not a, a eternity. So, um, well, I guess— uh, Yes, we'll thank you, everybody,
0: up. so much for listening. Um, I hope everybody has a blessed day. Have a great weekend. If you're listening to this right before you're going to church, it's fantastic. And uh, we, we we just love everybody that listens, and thank you so much for everybody's support. Everybody have a great one. Thanks. I really hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. If you have any other questions on this topic, please feel free to send us an email. One last thing before I go is I want to thank everyone that supports this ministry. We couldn't do it without you and your gracious donations. Help us spread the gospel across the world. If God has laid it upon your heart to donate, you can do so at our website or through our mobile app. I once again want to thank you for stopping in today. This is James signing off.